Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to our Halloween Spooktacular here on Old Time Rock and Roll. Well, tonight's show is all about spooks, goblins, monsters, witches, you name it, we got it. So let's get started right now. We have a lot of stuff to share with you tonight. We're starting with a little country stuff from the 70s, but it's absolutely fabulous. Here is Buck Owens and the Buckaroos and Monsters Holiday. <laughs> I 
covered up my head, said I'm gonna get a good night's sleep. I got woke up about 12 o'clock, and I jumped right to my feet. There was gremlins and goblins, dragons and zombies, lordy what an awful sight. I said, good buddy, you may get me, but brother, let me tell you that it's gonna be after the fight.
Imagine, if you please, a black, moonless night. You're on a street, alone in the darkness. Suddenly, out of the shadows, there is a furtive movement. Another poor soul has met the haunted strangler.
Once again, this is Lee Douglas, and I know that that different beginning may have scared you right away from listening to the rest of this Halloween special, but don't. We are here, and we are going to play some of the great classics and some really weird stuff that you may not have heard before. So that's what we're here to do tonight. You know, it's interesting how many different kinds of songs are really kind of weird and and different we even got a couple we've got well we've got some stuff let's just try it out right now how could we forget the late bobby boris pickett who just died this year and his great recording of the monster mash You'll 
1960s, every day when you finished school, you ran home, turned on your television, turned on to the ABC affiliate to watch the most fantastic show ever created for daytime soap opera. You'll know it immediately. I don't have to say a word. Of course, if you don't know by now, that was Dark Shadows. And, uh, well, for between 1967 and 1971, we spent all our time every day at 4 o'clock. Wow, we enjoyed that. By the way, if you're noticing, there's a little bit of an echo here tonight. Uh, we're, we're doing this downstairs at, at a crypt uh, underneath, three, three leagues underneath my home. Uh, I found a an old fallout shelter there, and there's a lot of strange things going on here. So if you hear this this kind of echo, you'll understand why. This is this is not where I usually do this show, but I thought it was kind of apropos to do that. Okay, right now I'd like to present to you Chuck Berry. Now, what has Chuck Berry ever done to do with Halloween? Well, believe it or not, he had a song called. Trick or treat. Oh, what a night, trick or treat, whoa, whoa, what a sweet 
Chuck Berry, Trick or Treat. If you want to hear a great driving beat song that has to do with spooks, ghosts, and goblins, who are you going to call?
Dickie Goodman, and this is called Beware, from 1962. If you don't believe in vampires, turn up the radio. Somewhere in this town right now is one that you might know. He looks and acts like a teenage boy. He even goes to school. Have you ever thought your boyfriend might be a teenage ghoul? You can call him up any old time. Transylvania 4, 5, 7, 8, 9. When your boyfriend takes you out at night, what does he like to do? Go to dark and scary places or see a monster show or two? Does he seem to like the moonlight? Does he kiss you on the neck? Why does he say you're his forever? You'd better check your neck. Pennsylvania 4, 5, 7, 8, 9. Perhaps you're sitting home alone. Then where is he tonight? Is he really where he said he'd be? Or taking his midnight flight? Now I don't want to frighten you. But look behind your chair. You must have left the window open. Something's moving over there. He's coming closer. Can you reach the telephone in time? What's that? You say someone cut the line? Soon in later, when you're alone, the scream you hear may be your own. All right. Dickie Goodman, beware. Right now, the first of two songs by the late Screaming Jay Hawkins. 
This one is called Little Demon. Foggy Hill Rock stood a crazy little demon blowing his top. Fire in his eyes and smoke from his head. You gotta be real cool to hear the words he said. He did One he loved so he had death on his mind Cause my demon let him go He wanna run through the world Till he understand his pain Somebody help him get my demon home again He did to the old-time rock and roll, Halloween Spooktacular, and we are down in the third level of the, below the basement of my house here, and in an old, old fallout shelter that has long been forgotten. In fact, I think there's some people in here that never did make it out. Hmm. Anyway, um, I think it's time to play something really cute. This is, this was one of the most fun songs in the early 1960s. This is Bob McFadden and his hilarious version of The Mummy. Mummy too. 
Watch what happens when I walk up to somebody. I'm a mommy. I don't try to scare people. I really came back to life to buy a copy of Cookie Cookie. Lend me your comb. But people run from me. Watch what happens when I walk up to somebody. I'm a mommy. Somebody somewhere who wasn't afraid of me. Oh, well. Watch what happens when I walk up to somebody. I'm a mummy. That's cool. I'm a mummy. You mean you're a mother? No, I'm a mummy. I'm a beatnik. People are afraid of me. Yeah, I'm hip. I was born 1,959 years ago. Oh, yeah? Like, that's a long gig. Where can I buy a copy of Cookie Cookie? Lend me your comb. Ooh, man, I don't dig that jazz. You know, throwback sharing, modern jazz quartet. I'm a mummy. Man, you gotta walk through. Aren't you afraid of me? Aren't you gonna scream? Oh, yeah. Like help. I like that. Like help. All right. Bob McFadden and the mummy. I don't know what to say with, with this. I'm, I'm just going to play it because it is based on scary Halloween type stuff. I'm not going to say anything for the next seven minutes. Just enjoy.
midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Of course, that was Michael Jackson, and of course, the late, great Vincent Price. Now, I'm trying to figure out how the best way to play these are, and and the order. You know, back in the 50s, we had just about every kind of um, horror movie there was, except, of course, it wasn't that gory in those days. And... I think you're going to get a kick out of this. It, so back in 1950, oh, 56, 57, there was an absolute horrible B-movie that made so much money. Um, after they had the success of The Incredible Shrinking Man, I guess the next best thing was to have an incredible growing woman. So they came out, I, I believe it was Universal International, with this one, titled The Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. And here there are the tubes.
right, one of the greatest pieces of music from a horror film came in the 1970s and 80s with Nightmare on Elm Street. Here is the title song, Nightmare on Elm Street.
Now, if that music doesn't scare you, nothing will. Wow. Mm. Being down this low, actually, I'm about to go into a, another chamber a little bit deeper here, and I just want to see what's back here. It doesn't seem to be any way out of this place. But right now, I'd like to play for you something, again, from the early 1960s. This is Jackie Morningstar. Rockin' in the Graveyard. Really? <laughs> now you've heard of the purple people eater And they sing of the witch doctor too I guess these songs were sold a million copies well, I got one to sell a million, too. <laughs> well, I was out in the graveyard about 12 o'clock. Something hit me, felt like a rock. I thought it was an outline around in the run, but it's just an old ghost digging holes in the ground. I said, in the graveyard this next piece of music I don't know exactly how to categorize this there's an interesting story you know I grew up in the 1950s and 60s in New York City and evidently there was a song that was produced by a group called Curtis and the Creepers called The Thing it was mostly a, um, um, an instrumental-type piece, but I never heard it. And here's how I found out about it. From a, from a listener of mine in England, 
named Davy Hudson. And he actually got me a copy so that I could play it for all of you. So, Davy, thank you so much. And, and I thought that was kind of interesting. So here is Curtis and the Creepers and the Thing. The Thing!
Curtis and the Creepers. Just one second. I have to get in. I, I just have to kind of talk real low here. I wonder how that was. Well, that's a little deeper in here, and I still can't find my way out. I think I'm going to turn around and start going out the other way. While we're doing that, Bobby Bayer, who did All-American Boy and Hanging Up My Rifle, uh, he also kind of liked the... Uh, to talk and sing a lot about witches and voodoo and so we're going to play two Bobby Bear tunes back to back. The first one is about a witch voodoo queen named Marie Laveau and the other one is about his girlfriend Vampira. Here's Bobby Bear. Six foot three, ooh, buddy, what she doing to me? She 
got love and it's mighty strange Vampire, that's a name Vampire, Here comes Dracula and Frankenstein Looking for the sugar at the supper Look like a mummy with a silver new wrist. Hey, vampire. Hey, my vampire. Every time he sees that moon, 
There's Frankenstein's monster and faithful eagle and the creature from the black lagoon. Every beast there, shoot, they have a feast there. Ghosts and phantoms all hang around. Mmm, that wine, it forms on the ice, dear. Now that Draki is back in town. Stand back, old Drac is back. So I got out of that one, managed to open this door over here. You are listening, by the way, to old-time rock and roll, and it's our Halloween spooktacular. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just having a grand old time here. And, of course, if, if you're listening to this on Saturday um, or Sunday, you know, we can, uh, we're going to be at um, Cypress Gardens at Phobia, which is a great place to spend Halloween. Very spooky. Very, very spooky. My wife doesn't even want to go with me. Oh, well, so be it. Here is Screamin' Jay Hawkins with the original I Put a Spell on You.
Screaming Jay Hawkins and my original copy, my original okay copy of Screaming Jay Hawkins, I Put a Spell on You. And I got to tell you that that is one of the greatest records of all time. And yes, he did come out in the coffin. Uh, Alan Freed came up with the idea and uh, Jay used it for the rest of his life. And uh, it, was, it was quite an amusing sight to see Screaming Jay Hawkins. He was one of a kind. Absolutely one of a kind. Right now, it's dusting off the old records time. This one goes back to 1957-58 when John Zacherly, otherwise known as Zacherly, was an absolute hit on Shock Theater in New York and around the country. Um, he was absolutely incredible. He was he was so unique as far as that goes, and he lasted on Shock Theater for many years. Um, the best part of it, if you remember it, was he would cut the film, splice himself into different sequences just to make it a little more humorous, like those films needed any more humor. Here is the original. Dinner with Drac. Here's John Zacherly. Parts one and two.
Dracula, old friend. How are things in Transylvania? <laughs> For dessert, there was bat-winged confetti and the veins of a mummy named Betty. I first frowned upon it, but with ketchup on it, it tasted very much like spaghetti. <laughs> When you ought to be in school, learning about the golden rule. When you tell a tale that isn't true, Peekaboo, I'm watching you. Look in the dark, you see my face. Don't try to hide, I'm very play. Very cool, I'm sweet. I'm going to give you hot feet. Hope you heard the things I said. something a little different. It's not so much music as an old story, and everybody likes a creepy old story. And this story is called The Strange Burial of Alexander Jordan. Enjoy! For more than a century, the old Jordan house has stood on a gentle slope mistress of the surrounding 400 acres of birch woods and pasture lands. And now, inevitably, death seems near to the last of the strong men who have always owned it. Aged, irascible Alexander Jordan. In his faded, musty bedroom, the shades are drawn against the hot morning sun. And in the half-darkness, his pale, hollow cheeks blend into the color of the pillowcase. He stirs as the door opens and his doctor enters. That you, Rutledge? Yes. Come in and sit down. Close the door. 
trouble, Alex? Had one of my cataleptic fits last night. A bad one. I'm going to die pretty soon, Lutwich. Suppose you let me do the guessing. Don't interrupt. I'm not afraid to die, mind you. I've never told anyone this, but my greatest fear is that it won't be death. And they'll bury me alive. Oh, I think we can be pretty sure if it comes to that. Don't be so positive. Thirty-eight years ago, a young butcher who called himself a doctor pronounced me dead when I had a cataleptic fit. He got me buried, too, if I hadn't come out of it on time. That was thirty-eight years ago. Could happen again. Rutledge, I don't care if I sound like an old fool. All my life, that scared me. The idea of somebody mistaking one of those fits for death. The only nightmares I ever have, I wake up in a coffin. I put my hands up and I feel the lid there. Sometimes it's wood, sometimes it's cold glass. But there's no room to turn around. I put my hands down and I can feel the silk lining. They have me dressed in a swallowtail. They have a stiff collar on me. I reach up to tear it away. I can't breathe. I have to have air. Panic grips me. I try to shout, but no one can hear me. I beat on the coffin lid with my fists. I try to break the glass, but I can't do it. I haven't enough room. And pretty soon I know that I'm dying. Really dying. In the cold horror of the grave. Because somebody mistook one of my cataleptic fits for death. I don't want that to happen, Rutledge. And that's why I called you. Oh, you're just getting worked up over nothing, Alice. Listen to me. When the day comes and my nephew, Ramsey, or his wife, Martha, calls you, I want nobody but you to come, Rutledge. I don't want any other doctor to pronounce me dead. Is that clear? Don't worry. I want you to go over me very carefully. If you are absolutely satisfied that I'm dead, you can go ahead with the funeral. But I don't want my body embalmed. I don't want anything done to me except to put me in a coffin. And... Getting a lawyer here to write all this down this afternoon, Rutledge. But I wanted you to hear it, too. I want my coffin put in the vault down by the birch woods. That's why I built the vault right on this property, so that nobody would ever bury me underground. All right. It'll be done just as you say. Now, wait a minute. I'm I'm finished. This is the most important part. I want a large brass bell placed on the wall over the bed where Ramsay and Martha sleep. I want wires connected from that bell to the vault. Electric wires. What for? I want a push button attached to the ends of those wires, and I want the button placed in my hands as I lie in the coffin, so that in case I'm not dead, in case I awaken, I can ring the bell and let them know. Well, I must say, Alex... I don't care what you say. I don't care what anyone says. That's the way I want it. All right, Alex. That's the way you'll get it. Yeah. Make sure I do. Well, I've got to run over to the Pritchards. Norris having another baby. Taking that digitalis faithfully? Yeah. Foolishness. But I'm taking it. <laughs> That's good. Goodbye, Alex. Get out and soak up some of that sunshine. I'll see you Thursday. Send Martha in. Alone. All right. Just a minute there. Dr. Rutledge? Oh. Hello, Ramsey. I'd like to know why you came this morning, Doctor. I came because I was sent for. Why doesn't somebody tell me when the doctor's been sent for? 
Is my uncle all right? He's not dead, if that's what you want to know. Not quite yet. Mm. See that he keeps on taking that prescription I left. He wants to see your wife. Alone. Martha? You heard me. Goodbye, Ramsey. I know the way out without your help. Goodbye, Dr. Rutledge. Martha, wipe your hands. He wants to see you. What did you say, dear? I said wipe your hands. He wants to see you. Is the doctor still in there? Is he all right? The doctor's gone. He wants you in there. Alone. Oh, for goodness sake. Now what? Just a minute. Why is he asking to see you alone? Why, Ramsey? How should I know? Something's up. Rutledge was in there a long time. Why wasn't I told he was sent for? Why, he... Well, you were in the field this morning when he asked me to call the doctor. Next time you tell me when he sends for people. And listen, when you get in there, watch what you say. Why, Ramsey, I don't know what you mean. You know very well what I mean. Just listen. And don't babble. He mightn't like my ideas about what to do with this place after he's dead. Go on in there now. You've already wiped your hands six times. Yes, Ramsey, dear. You want me, Uncle Alec? Yes, come in and shut the door, Martha. Yes, Uncle Alex. Was the coffee all right this morning? Yes, fine. Miss Ramsey. He's, uh, he's in the kitchen. Sit down, Martha. Yes, Uncle Alex. I want to talk to you, Martha. Lawyer Gaines will be here sometime this afternoon to fix up my will. Oh, Uncle Alec. Got a feeling my time is drawing near, Martha. And I just want to make sure that worthless nephew of mine doesn't get his hands on the Jordan place. Whatever made you marry him, Martha? Why, well, I... Ah, uh... oh, never mind. None of my business. But I could have told you he was no good. Never has been. I wouldn't trust him with the farm. He'd sell it before my body turned cold. But I trust you, Martha. Thank you, Uncle Atlas. Yes, I've thought it all over. I'm going to leave the place to you. At least you'll have a roof over your head and some land you can call your own. You like it here, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. I'd be perfectly happy to stay here the rest of my life. Well, that's fine, because it's going to be yours. All of it. Oh, Uncle Al. You make me want to cry. No, no, none of that. I'm sorry. There's one more thing, Martha. One important thing. Yes, Uncle Alec. I've given Dr. Rutledge some very careful instructions about my burial. Oh, please, Uncle Alec. Nothing to be afraid of, Martha. When it comes, it'll come, and that's all. Rutledge knows what to do. He'll tell you. And I want you to promise me that you'll follow the instructions. Yes, of course, Uncle Alex, on my word of honor. As God is my witness. Thank you, Martha. Well, by Jove, you've made me feel a good deal better knowing I have someone around I can trust. Matter of fact, I think I'll get up for supper tonight. Tell Ramsey to come in and help me dress after Lawyer Gaines leaves. Tell him I don't want him in here before then. 
Yes, Uncle Alex. And uh, don't breathe a word about this to Ramsey. I won't. If you need anything, Uncle Alex, call me. Yes, I will. Well, what did the old buzzard want? His lawyer is coming this afternoon. You're to go in and help him dress after the lawyer leaves. He's having supper at the table? Yes. Bring in one of the special hams. I'll bake it with pineapple. Did it take you ten minutes in there to decide on baked ham with pineapple for supper? What we decided is none of your business. What do you mean, what you decided? I said it was none of your business. Better get out and feed the chickens. When did you start giving me orders? Oh, go on out of my kitchen. I've got work to do. What did you talk about in there? Ramsey, you're hurting my arm. I'll hurt more than that before I'm through. What's the lawyer coming for? Would you like me to tell him you haven't fed the chickens yet? Something suddenly made you awfully cocky, it seems to me. Tell me what it is. Right now. Ramsey. Tell me, I said. Ramsey. Let go of her, Ramsey. Oh. I was only... Uh... Get out of the house before I lose my temper. Go on, Jip. I'm going. If this ever happens again, Martha, you let me know. Yes, Uncle Alex, but... You shouldn't have gotten out of bed this way. Oh, don't worry about me, Martha. I'm all right. Bacon and eggs for his breakfast. And why not? Did you fix the fence post over on the west pasture? Never mind the fence post. Give me that tray. You tend to your own business. I'll take the tray into him. Your breakfast, Uncle Alley. Hmm. That's funny. Uncle Alley. Uncle Alex. Oh, my Lord. Randy. Oh, Dr. Rutledge. Randy. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me Though he were dead, yet shall he have everlasting life. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Doctor? The funeral was evidently too much for her. Oh, I gave her a sedative and put her to bed upstairs. Where's the undertaker? Down at the vault with the electrician. They're waiting for you so they can close the coffin. Of all the stupid things, he's dead, isn't he? Yes, but we're observing his wishes to the letter. Brass bells and electric push buttons rot. Perhaps it is, but that's how he wanted it. And incidentally, as administrator of the estate, let me remind you that according to the terms of the will... Either you or Martha must remain within earshot of that bell upstairs for seven days. You understand that? Yes, to my life. I'm beholden to a woman. That. You could do worse, Ramsey. <laughs> the 
is a nice place. I wish it were mine. If I had my way, you could bite in a minute. Well, that's neither here nor there. See that Martha gets some rest. I left a bottle of medicine on the small table beside the bed. She's to take it according to directions if she has trouble sleeping. Lord, what's that? Her uncle wanted a bell loud enough to be heard. He certainly got it. Doctor. The undertaker or the electrician at the crypt touched the push button. Bells hung right above the bed where she was asleep. Come on. Oh, Dr. Rutledge, the bell. Oh, it doesn't mean anything, Martha. Don't be frightened. Oh, thank goodness. I was asleep. It hit me like a blow when it rang. For a moment, I couldn't even move. I felt paralyzed like in a dream. There, there, that's all right. Go on back to bed. You'll fall asleep again with the stuff I gave you. The bell won't ring anymore. I'll go right on down to the vault and see if the coffin is closed. Get her back in the bed, Ramsey, and let her have another teaspoonful of that medicine tonight. You just get over to the vault and stop there monkeying. I'll tend to her. See that you do. And remember, don't leave this place for seven days. and get anything fresh, Ramsey, and you know it. It's just that you're nervous and not sleeping. I'll drive into town. No, Ramsey. We've still got five days to go. time, Ramsey. I will not sell it. I'm not getting any younger. I want a roof over my head. That's what Uncle Alex intended. But now's the time to sell farmers. We can get a good price. To begin with, Ramsey, it doesn't even belong to me. Well, it will in two more days, won't it? Yes. If that bell doesn't ring. Tomorrow, the 
place is ours. I'll take someone I've mentioned it worked before. I won't tell anything. I won't tell. Talking in her sleep. I won't tell. She's dreaming. Having a nightmare. Too much of this dope, maybe. You must wake up. Master! She's dead to the world. The stuff I gave her must be powerful. That gives me an idea. Don't trust you, then. You won't have to trust me much longer, you dried up old fool. Let's have a look at the little bottle. I guess it's all right to turn the lamp on. She won't wake up. There. Now let's see what the label says. Maximum dose, one teaspoonful every 12 hours. Caution. Overdosing may be fatal. Overdosing may be fatal, eh? Never sell your knife. We'll see about that. Maximum dose, one teaspoonful. I could put three in her coffee tomorrow morning. She'd never know the difference. That stale coffee's bitter as gone anywhere, and that it fits everything. Yes, I'm her only relative. If she dies, I get the place. Oh, why didn't I think of this before? Why did I wait six days and nights with that bell hanging over my head? Why did I? Oh, good Lord. Am I dreaming? No, no. It can't be. It can't. Stop. Stop that ringing. Fancy. Fancy. The bell. I can hear it, you fool. Quick. Fancy. Stay where you are. I'll stop it. Fancy. What did you do? What do you think I did? The wires. You pulled out the wires. Get back in the bed. Are you out of your mind? The key to the vault. Where is it? What? The key. Uncle Alex must be You're alive. You're crazy. He rang the bell, didn't he? You were dreaming. Get back to bed. Give me that vault key, Randy. Give it to me. Now take it easy. Don't stand there telling me to take it easy. Uncle Alex may be fighting for breath. Breathing against the coffin. Get the key. All right, all right. I'll go down there. I'll go with you. Doesn't need two people. Just let me get into my clothes. I don't trust you, Randy. You've got no right to say a thing like that, Martha. What difference does it make to me whether Alex is alive or dead? I don't stand against anything. He left the Jordan place to you. Oh, now where did I put that key? Must be in this drawer. Hurry, Randy. I'm hurrying. There, here it is. You took something else out of that drawer, Randy. I did not. Just the key. What's the matter with you, anyway? Where are my shoes? Under the bed. I'll be watching you from the window, Nancy. If Uncle Alice is alive, yell to me. And I'll phone Dr. Rutledge. There's a storm coming up. That wind's from the east. Now, let's see if this key fits. Fits all right, but but it won't turn. Ah, here we are. Where's that light switch? Here it is. 
that's better. Oh, it's foul in here. It smells dead. There's the coffin. Hope they didn't screw down the lid. No. No, it comes right up. Yeah. He hasn't moved. He's dead. Yes, just the way he was when they put him in there. With his hands folded over the bowman. He didn't ring that bell. Who did? Now I know. The storm. Lightning shorted the wire. Sure, that's what it was. It must have been. Still, I... I think I'd better make sure while I'm down here. Yes. <laughs> Martha almost caught me taking this darning needle out of the drawer. I'll work it under his shirt and jab it through his heart. You're going to stay dead, Uncle Alex, no matter what happens. Andy! Martha! You followed me. I thought you could let me trust you. What are you doing with that darning needle in your hand? Nothing. Get out of the way. Let me look at him. Dead. Stone dead. Who rang the bell? How did I know? Maybe his ghost. You were about to do something with that needle. What? You really want to know? All right. I'll tell you. I was going to jab it through his black heart. I was going to make sure he was dead. And I'm still going to do it. Let him see your office of mine. Am I? We'll see. Keep away from that coffin. Shut up. I'll scream, Randy. The Preston's will hear me. No, you won't. Yes, I will. Help! Help! Oh, so that's who it is. Wait till I close this door. Now, scream your lungs out. Randy, don't do anything you'll regret. Regret? Why waste this needle on old dead Alex? I might do much better using it on you. Jab into your heart. Randy! Why not? Then I get to own the place and sell it. Randy! Listen to me. I listen to you plenty these last few weeks. Ever since he made you the high and mighty boss. But now, it's my turn. Randy! I'll never find you down here. No! No, you'll dry up and rot. Just like he's rocking in that coffin. Randy! No! Fainted before I could touch her. Wait a minute. That gives me an idea. There's a better way of doing it. Carry her up to the house. Pour that medicine down her throat. Give her an overdose. She'll be dead by morning. And no one can put it on me. Oh, this is beautiful. Everything's working out fine. You're going to be rich, Randy. You're rich. Get the door open first, and then... Lord, the key's on the outside. And it's a snap lock. No! No! What am I going to do? I'm locked in here. I can't get out. The door's solid open. Six inches thick. There are no windows. No air. Yes. Sooner or later, someone will hear it. Yeah. Yeah, this should do it. The Prestons or the MacArthur's, they're bound to hear it and investigate. I'll keep bringing it all night. I'll... I'll... 
in the bedroom. I heard them out. The bell. One prison. Look out! A trap! A trap in here! A trap! Trap! Here's a very spooky musical interlude by someone called King Diamond. The song is Them. This next gentleman, with the help of his lunatic orchestra and singers, ran roughshod over killing music in the 1940s and 50s. Here is Spike Jones, his city slickers, and the greatest <laughs> non-singer in the history of musicians. Here is Doodles Weaver with the cockroach that ate Cincinnati. Listen to this one. If the subject is horror, I've got to see more I won't be contented all night 
You may call it my ghoulish obsession. It's a subject on which I get chatty. But the first one it seems haunting all of my dreams was the cockroach that ate Cincinnati. Goblins and witches And some moth-eaten werewolves with fangs There were creatures that chattered And others that flattered And Japanese monsters with fangs Frankenstein gives me the shakes And Cothrotula driving me batty But they're not on a par With the worst one by far The cockroach that ate Cincinnati have needed a seltzer It's amazing how much he got down Or lunch he just chew up a summer or two And for dinner he ate the whole town Willard just sent me out laughing I thought Ben looked a little bit ratty Watch, watch, sorry about that But they're not half as bad as the worst scare I've had The cockroach that ate Cincinnati Oh, my heart nearly stopped. You will never be caught. The cockroach that ain't Cincinnati. Olay! Olay? That's dumb. All right. Well, that's about it for another week on Old Time Rock and Roll. This is Lee Douglas for everybody here in the crypt. And if we ever make it up to dry land again. It's very wet down here because we're in Florida. Um, I hope we'll get up here sometime so we can go out to Cypress Gardens and have some fun. In the meantime, this is Lee Douglas. That's a wrap. <laughs>